My name is Moses Tai. Uh, I was born in Kenya, uh, living in the UK at the moment. Um, I am the founder of uh, Stop Anti-White Indoctrination Campaign. Um, I set up this campaign because of my own lived experiences uh, growing up in Kenya and growing up and, and living in the UK later on in my life. The experiences that I've had, um, you know, living with black people and living with white people. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, you guys, you read the title, you see the thumbnail. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into it um, and keep an open mind because I don't know what the guest will say. You don't know what the guest is going to say. But, you know, Chief Moses is going to give us the game on his campaign, the Stop Anti-White. I know for a lot of you, I could just stop right there and you'd be like, wait, anti or stop anti-white. Um, but for many of you, because this is a forum for all considered an African podcast, global podcast, um, we're going to get into this um, campaign, which that's why you clicked on here while you're listening for the few of you or many of you who are watching, you know, more of you listen than anything, but chief Moses, give us the game and make sure you say it all the way through with the campaign and why you created this. Cause some people are just on their edge, ready to argue with you before they even know what you're about to say. Thank you, Kellen. Um, yes. Yeah, so I am the founder of uh, stop anti-white indoctrination campaign. Um, and what this means is um, there is a tendency uh, to blame white people for a lot of the challenges that uh, black people face in society. And to me, I believe from my own lived experience that um, the challenges that I face personally, and I believe uh, black people face in society are caused by the way we are brought up, they are, they are caused by our culture, you know. Um, and so I set up this campaign just to bring that, uh, a focus on that issue. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, blaming white people for the challenges that black people face in society fails to address the root causes of the problem. So, you know, uh, all this push about getting white people to, uh, you know, to change their way of living so as to accommodate, uh, you know, black people. I, I feel like it's it's not the right approach. I feel like you know we should be focusing more on how we can improve how we bring up children uh, within the African communities, um, and I, I believe strongly that. If, uh, you know, if, 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 if black people brought up their children in a similar way, not, it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but in a similar way to the way white people bring up their children, we wouldn't be facing the kind of racial divides that we face. Um, oh. and, yeah. Yep, let, let, let's get into it before, you know, somebody's head blows up because, you know, there are activists that people love and say, you know what? We're going to, even um, 
Farrakhan will say, we're going to focus on us right now. We're not going to talk about what, what has been done to us. I mean, you are a Kenyan, um, Uhaligani, to all the Kenyans out there listening and everybody who speaks Swahili, because so many people outside of Kenya speak Swahili, even the Mazungu. Um, but can you talk about, you know, because saying stop anti-white does not necessarily mean that I am forgetting that Kenya was colonized, which most of Africa, you know, much of the world, India, slavery in Americas and throughout the world, which slavery, you guys, still happens. You guys, you know, very few people are supporting to try to stop that. But can you talk about, you know, like the nitty gritty? Because some people are saying, well, the history does have something to do with the present. And if you had a 400 or, you know, 10 day head start, you would be further on the journey of business um, and everything else that comes with that. So go deeper into that because I, I want people to make sure that they hear you clearly, that you're not saying, hey, just live and let live and forget what has happened. And we don't even need our artifacts back, you know, queen. Um, you know, and, and I don't, and I don't mean to get you in trouble in the UK, but cause I know how that can be, but, um, but yeah, give us more on that. What do you mean by that? Any examples of how just blaming white people has stopped us as a people globally from progressing? Yes. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up the issue of, uh, the, you know, the historical, uh, injustices that have been. Uh, perpetrated by white people against black people. So I'm not denying that there has been uh, injustices uh, in the past that have been perpetrated by white people against black people. Um, what I'm saying is those injustices are not responsible for the challenges that black people face in, in society. Uh, people might have come along, white people, into our societies, seeing how we live as a people and decided to take advantage of that. Uh, and the reason that happened, again, goes back to the root causes, which is how black people bring up their children and how white people bring up their children. So a white man, a, a white person feels superior to a, a black person because of the way they've been brought up. People say it's because of skin color. It's got nothing to do with skin color. So racism to me has nothing to do with skin color or the racial divide. It's all, it all comes down to how different races bring up their children. So in the case of uh, slavery and colonialism in Africa, I think it was easy for people who came from here with bad intentions, people who came from the West, white people who came from, from the West with bad intentions to Africa. It was easier for them to get their way because of the way black people raise their children, you know? So they, they couldn't, um, they couldn't, they didn't meet the kind of resi resistance they could have met if black people had, be, had been bringing up their children uh, in a way that empowers black people to be able to confront those kind of issues, you know. So, yeah, I think uh, as much as white people came and did all sorts of uh, bad things in Africa, that's not responsible for where Africa is 
or the challenges that uh, Africans and Black people in general face. Uh, I, I feel like it, it comes down to the way, you know, the different races bring up the children. Now, what you're talking about for, you know, off air, I told you, um, I didn't know if you're going to go Kanye, but now yeah. you're going Cosby when you start talking about raising of the children, right? And um, we we know here, at least in the States, I mean, white, black in between fatherlessness is just awful. And people think, oh, when you go to Africa, everybody, you know, has a father, which you and I know that's not true. But because of the culture and how uh, it really takes a village um, and how even in the UK, you know, um, things are, are very similar where it's about me, me, me and mine. Um, in Africa, it's about us as a collective. So talk about that raising, because when you say Black people, I want people, especially in America, he's not in America. He's in the UK. Have you ever been to America? Let's just get that clear real quick. <laughs> no, I haven't, no. Okay, so, because, you know, Black folk will be ready to, hey, he's talking about my mama. He's talking about Black people as a whole on how we're raising our children so let's just hear because there, you know, I'm going to go to Dr. Uh, Joseph Graves book, The Empire's New Clothes, Biological Theories of Race. He talks about the differences, even how we find our different mates as people, um, you know, and, and, you know, black folks look for one thing, white folks look for one thing. The similar things are both men are looking for physical attributes first, <laughs> but there's some other things that tie into that, um, you know, especially if you're short, you want somebody tall, this, that, and the third, but give us more on how we're raising our children and what we may need to be doing to improve and let the folks know if you have any children too, because if you don't have any children, they'll be ready to dismiss everything you say, saying, what do you know about children? You don't have kids, Oprah. <laughs> yes, I, I do have children and uh, I have uh, a daughter uh, with a, a Kenyan black woman, and I have a son with a British white woman. So it's from the experiences of uh, seeing how those children are growing up, you know. Um, so I, I split up with my the, the, the mother of my Kenyan daughter, um, uh, and, and she moved to the States, by the way. She lives in the States now. Um, and so it's the experience of seeing uh, how she was growing up, my daughter, when I was with her mother, and seeing the experience of how my son is growing up now, uh, now that I'm with her mother in the UK. Um, and, and then comparing that to my own experience growing up in Kenya and you know all the people around me, because I was observing how everybody else was being raised around me. Um, I feel like, uh, when I, when I observe white people interacting with their children and, and what they're saying to them and how they're making them feel uh, and, you know, all those, all those things that, that, that might seem like they, they, they're, not very, they're not very important. To me, those are the most important things. So I say there's a difference between raising a child and nurturing a child. So there's so much focus on raising children and not, not much focus on nurturing children because nurturing children is a whole different skill. And when I, when, I, uh, you know, when I observe white people interacting with their children, raising their children, 
to me that is nurturing children you know it's 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 giving those children um or not interfering with what those children have come here with you know so you nurture that you don't you don't interfere with it I think, give an example, know. give an example, because some people won't know. Um, I've actually, I, when I say I know white people, I know them because um, of how my family structure. And I won't go so deep into that um, because that's none of the people's business. I like to check them and let people not know what's going on. But I, I could be, you know, I, I, I know them. And if you look at my Instagram, folks, you can go deep and see more about that. But give an example, because people won't know, like, are you talking about the coddling or the not beating in public? Um, you know, not talking like what is it exactly that you see? One of the you know top one or two things that you see. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just. Uh, you know, not, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's the way they talk to, the, to their children. They don't uh, they don't uh crush their children's confidence for example you know they respect their children i think it's just a simple matter of respect the, you know in african communities there's so much focus on children respecting adults but there is no focus on adults respecting children and so we um you know impose our will on our children and destroy what they came here with we destroy their gifts. We destroy their inner strengths. You know, what, you know. They, they, they. So it, this this affects their ability when they grow up and become adults to be able to deal with the challenges in their community, in their society. You know. So, for example, the issues of poverty in Africa directly related to this. You know, and and, and in black communities everywhere, even in America, I see I constantly see stories of the poverty in, in black communities in America, it's being blamed on white people, but I don't think it's for anything to do with white people. It's for everything to do with how black people raise children. So I can see it in Africa, I can see it here. I haven't been to America, but I can see it in all the stories I see uh, coming from America about black communities. I can see those, uh, those challenges are, are, are the same. You know, So it's just how you make your child feel as they grow up, you know, how you protect them, how you, how you nurture them, how you love them, how you let them know that they're loved and, you know, and, and you can see, you know, a, a lot of um, white kids, you can see the kind of confidence they have even as children and expressing themselves. Um, there are black people who raise their children in a very similar way and we have a lot of confident black children, but I feel like the majority of uh, black people uh, don't appreciate the importance of um, nurturing their children, not just raising them, you know, protecting them and, and making them feel loved and, and not, not imposing their will, not crushing their confidence. So I, I'll give you the story of, my, you know, of what happened to me in my life. Um, my mother was very, very abusive. You know, she was uh, physically abusive when I, was, when I was young, when she could beat me up. She was verbally abusive, uh, but the worst was the emotional, and the psychological abuse, you know. And everybody in the community, everybody in the family knew about it, but nobody did anything about it. People just 
talked about it behind my back, behind behind my my siblings' back as well, because this happened not just to me; it happened to all my siblings. Um, and so, you know, there was nothing to check to check that abuse. So she just continued, you know, doing what she wanted with us. Um, and so I've grown up my entire life uh, struggling with some issues as a result of that, you know, and never realizing uh, that I was abused as a child. I was just wondering why I struggled with certain things, you know, why I couldn't uh, form relationships, you know, uh, I, I struggle to form relationships. I have a, a lot of anxiety issues, you know. Um, and so until I had my son, when I had my daughter uh, with my Kenyan um, uh, partner, I didn't get the same insights that I'm getting now that I've got my son with, the, with my British partner, you know? So seeing the way he's growing up and, uh, and me spending more time around uh, white British people, you know, because of my, my partner's friends and family and seeing how they're interacting with him and seeing how it's affecting him and comparing that with what was happening to my daughter and what happened to me, you know, I can see very clearly uh, there's a pattern there, you know. So, sorry, uh, that's why I decided to set up this campaign. Okay, let me let me push back real quick because I can hear folks say, Kellen, but tell them, and everybody's experience is their experience, right? And, people, you know, if you go to the church or you go to church, people say, oh, you need a Proverbs 31 woman. But there's also like a Proverbs, um, you know, 21 and 19 woman who's a nagging wife. Um, and there's so many in Proverbs women, it says, you know, in, not even just Proverbs, but other chapters, it's, it, it's better to be, you know, <laughs> with like a scorpion, I think, or a, and a dragon than be with an evil woman. And sometimes you just don't know what everybody's going through or what they came through. So I think your experience is your experience. And it sounds like you're having a more pleasant experience with your current woman. Could it be that because of your mother, even the woman you chose first, a lot of times we want to pick our mothers. Maybe you pick the opposite, but that experience might have had to do with how you picked that first um, woman of yours. And then you get to see, you know, it seems like you're happy and you have joy. Personally, I think all women are very similar. They're all going to, it's like a car. You're all going to need a tune up. You're all going to, you know, give me a little bit of Wahala sometimes, but it might be me on how I drive you, right? I've been married over 15 years and know my wife over 20. But my question being like your experiences determine, like you say, the anxiety. So you're not saying everybody, but just what you've seen. So for that population that is like that, there is room for improvement. What is the solution if I got that correct? It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, if I got anything wrong with, you know, how your first woman was. I don't want her calling you and saying, don't talk about me ever again, you know. <laughs> but 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 that's but give us the game. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate what you mean with regards to, you know, people and personalities and different personalities, you know, it, it depends uh on on someone's personality but what i'm what i'm saying what i'm talking about here is uh when i was in kenya growing up and my, and my mom was uh, abusing me and my siblings and everybody in the community and the family knew about it 
they are, they, it's the way they've they reacted. So to me, I, I've faced more abuse and discrimination from black people than from white people. So throughout my experience uh, living within this uh, Kenyan community, um, most parents used to tell their kids to avoid us, you know, seeing, seeing what my mom was doing to us and how it was affecting us. Um, the reaction of most parents was to tell their kids to avoid us, you know, and, and to talk negatively about us uh, to their kids and, and to talk behind our backs, which is abuse to me. So that I suffered that abuse my entire life and discrimination to the extent that, you know, I, I couldn't form relationships with a, with, with a human being because it was like everybody was like that. I never met one single person who wasn't like that. And so I lived my entire life in a shell, protecting myself from, from, from that abuse and discrimination from black people. So until I come here, when I came here to the UK the first time, I was living within a Kenyan community, uh, which um, was not uh, interacting with people from outside the Kenyan community much. So they were just kind of locking themselves into their own community, even though they're here in the UK. And so it's until when I invited my mom over to the UK and she came and she started doing exactly the same thing she'd been doing all my life, you know, uh, going around and saying things and, 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 you know, and putting me down and, and all these things. Until one day for the first time in my life, I told her off. I told her, if you don't have anything good to say to me, don't talk to me, you know? And she couldn't believe it. But it's from that, after she went back to Kenya, from that experience, I could feel the same thing that had been happening in my entire life happening again, you know, here in the UK. And so I, I, I made a decision to move away from the Kenyan community completely um, and to cut all links uh, with all of them including my family at this point because i'm i was this is when the penny is dropping for me and i'm beginning to realize what's been happening you know uh, because nobody had the courage to tell me what's happening people would just talk behind my back but i could feel that something was really wrong and and it was affecting me in a very bad way because i couldn't i couldn't function you know anyway so i move away from the kenyan community here uh, and so I find myself alone and I start slowly interacting with other people and I start interacting with white people. And for the first time, I felt uh, a connection to a human being. That was the very first time in my life, you know, and I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> this was the very first time in my life I felt a connection with a human being. So. And then thinking about it, you know, growing up, we, we, were, we were being told, you know, white people colonized us, enslaved our ancestors and all these things. They're not good people, you know. But then my experience was suddenly was like, you know, what's, what, this doesn't make any sense because to me, these people uh, that I've been told all my life are responsible for all these things against black people. Suddenly I'm feeling like, I'm more connected to them than to all the any black people that I've met in my life, you know. Um, and so that's that's the journey that I, I've been on in my life, you know, making that decision to move away and then to start it. When I start interacting with white people, I realize, you know, uh, for me the experience is the complete opposite. 
Uh, and so it's laser down uh, when I had my son with my British partner, and I'm seeing the way he's, he's growing up and I'm seeing how, you know, white people, I'm, I'm, I'm observing more closely now how white people are raising their children. And it occurs to me, it's, it's, it's because of that. That's why, you know, when I'm interacting with white people, they can still see the issues that I'm, I have because of my, you know, childhood abuse and, 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 and all the things that have happened to me. But because of the way they've been raised, they are, you know, they are able to neutralize that and still reach through to my humanity, you know. Uh, mm. and, I, and I realize black people can't do that. All the black people that I've met in my life uh, were not able to do that because of, that, of how they've been raised, you know. So, I'm, so it's, it's almost like uh, I don't want to blame I don't want to say this is, you know, black people are bad people. I just feel like they don't even know it. It's the way they've been raised. They don't even know that they're doing that to me, you know? And this is part of the reason why I'm coming out and starting to talk about these things. I'm glad you're talking about it because, and, and again, this, this conversation, it's actually, for me, it's shifted to be where it's not even stop anti-white, it's stop... African, because I don't, it's not just the Kenyan thing, what you're describing. I've heard many of Africans, I have friends in almost every, every country, you know, our associates in every country. And when you hear how mothers and daughters can't get along, um, and it's not just an African thing, but we're focused on Africa. It's the same thing as if I, I've counseled kids for a decade in my life while going to uni, when a white child, white, you know, male or female, was molested by their own uncle or, or brother. And then they want everything the opposite of that. And that's where I'm kind of saying it's, the, it's like, and these people are so much nicer to me and we were poor, but when I got around black people, they treated me good. And because this person already molested and took my innocence, I, I could give everything away to these people, but they never took it. I gave it away freely. So it's almost, I, you know, you might have multiple campaigns. You might remix your name the way that I see it, because it's not even about the anti-white and white being better. It's about what I had. I don't want anyone else to go through it. And, and, and I, and I feel for you and, and I'm, I'm hearing and I'm feeling you because it's, you know, I'm glad that you're having some peace, we, we don't wish anybody to go through that type of abuse because <laughs> we know, I always tell people this and y'all audience, forgive me, but you could tell a black person something, hey man, this happened. Oh man, why didn't you go earlier? <laughs> what? Where's the compassion? I say, man, do we not have compassion? And it's not everybody, but you laugh because you, you've heard it and we've all heard it. But I, I will say this, because I grew up in a house with, with everybody, you know, white, black, and a mix. I've had cousins who are white and I've had friends who are white. And I still today have people seeing how people raise their kids. I've seen white mothers curse out smoothly their little kids with money. These people have some money the same way that the black mother with money or without has done it. It is something in today's times. If you guys are believers, read the back of the book. We are in that time. Um, old against young. You know, it used to be where you'd listen to the elders. And now these the, the kids, 
don't want to listen to the elders. What do they know? And even me, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm considered an elder. I'm, I'm 40 plus. They don't want to hear it. So I hear what you're saying and I feel what you're saying. I, you know, I'm a PR guy, so I'd remix it and say, let's do multiple campaigns because it's not just the anti-white thing. It's an anti-bad parenting or no compassion or love. You just happen to find somebody who is nurturing, but you could go down the street to find, you know, somebody else who would be a Karen. Yes, I mean a Karen in its true <laughs> terms. And you'd be like, wait. I thought you were going to be, it's the same way a lot of guys fetishize Asian women or Ethiopian women. And I say, you guys don't have any Ethiopian or Asian friends because again, women are women. They will run you. If you don't know how to control your ship, they might have you want to jump off your own ship. So I feel it. Tell me with this campaign that you're doing, have you started writing your book and have you done any therapy? Because it won't kill you to do therapy. I do it myself you know, just give us the game on that. Yeah, no, I haven't uh, started writing a book about it. Um, I've tried therapy before. Um, I felt like, you know, it, it, it didn't help me at the time. So doing this, what I'm doing now is actually part of my healing process. You know, I feel like I have to come out and confront this. Uh, otherwise, I'm never going to experience life. I'm, I'm never going to live my life because this thing, which I didn't ask for, uh, you know, controls my entire life, taking over everything in my life, you know, and it has so much power over me. And if I don't confront it, um, then, yeah, I'm never going to be able to experience my life. Uh, and I appreciate what you mean about, um, you know, I've seen uh, there are white people who had, bad experiences growing up among white people. And, and then they met black people and because it's different and they become so attached to the black people, you know, and, and, and there's a case for that. Uh, and it probably it's something uh, that's driving me as well. Um, but for me, the reason why I set up this campaign specifically is um, when I see things like, um, you know, people starting to teach children in school uh about you know race issues uh you know and and telling white kids that you know their ancestors are responsible for the problems that white white people face in society and, and telling black kids that you know uh it, it's it's white people's fault that you know that uh, their people face those challenges in society black people face those challenges in society and that's that is indoctrination. It's very dangerous indoctrination. Uh, to me, that is, a, I see that as a direct threat to uh, white people's way of bringing up children, you know. Uh, and personally, that is a, big, uh, is a big issue for me because when I sit back and I imagine what would have happened to me if black people, if white people, raise their children the same way black people raise their children, then I would have never uh, had an opportunity to, to recover from what I went through. I feel like the only reason why I've been lucky to, 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 to stand a chance of starting to recover from this is because I came to the UK and I made the, the decision to leave, to cut all links with the black 
uh, community that I was living with at the time and started interacting with white people. That's, that's what changed my life. That's what gave me the opportunity to confront these issues and to start to turn things around in my life. Without that, I was, you know, I, I, there was no way I was going to recover from that, you know? And so it, for me, it's, it's personal. How do you, how do you heal from that? Because again, if I'm taking scenarios, we have people who were turned gay, if we can use that term, because again, they were abused by a certain sex. You know, they, they were abused. A woman slept with a young boy and he's like, I didn't like that feeling at seven, at six. So now I'm going to go with, you know, a, um, a man and a man's never done that to me and vice versa with women. How do you go to the healing part? Because you know, I'm sure in your heart of hearts, not everyone's like that. Now, you, and not every Kenyan's like that, right? Like we go to Kenya and it's all just smiles and it's good times and, oh yeah, you can set up a business and you can hire people. And I've, you know, I'm in a lawsuit right now that they want to settle now with the Kenyan, but I know not all Kenyans do bad business because I've done so much good business with Kenyans alone. So how do you go about healing to say, you know, I know it's not all Kenyans. I know it's not all black, but you only know your circle. And if you're in a Kenyan community, I think sometimes it is good to break away because some things can trigger you to say, uh-uh, I need a break. And that's okay. So how how how, how will you heal um, throughout that? You know, I, I, I'm thinking it's the book. I'm thinking it's the right therapist because sometimes you got to go through, you know, three or four. Um, but yeah, give us the game on that. Yeah, I think for me, the true healing will come from uh, bringing these issues out into the open and, and getting people to talk uh, openly about issues uh, around how different races uh, bring up their children. Um, I'll give you another example. You know, um, I look around at um, the world and and everything that we enjoy as human beings you know all these things that have been created by by mankind and i ask myself you know uh what's the contribution of uh, uh white people in in bringing all these things into existence and what's the contribution of of black people you know so look around you you know it's a simple test just look around you Look at everything that you, you use every day in your life to make your life comfortable, to enjoy your life, to live your life, you know, even the most basic. Uh, where did it come from? You know, so most things in life uh, have been uh, invented or created by white people. And, and this is this is not being racist. This, this is a fact. And to me, the reason why white people are able to do those kind of things is because of the way they've been brought up they've been nurtured. So what they, what they came here with hasn't been, you know, compromised, as it hasn't been crushed. So they are able to express it. They can look at problems and, 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 and find solutions to them, you know, and, and go out and solve them. Um, so we, other races struggle to do, to do the same, you know. So when I see, um, I hear stories about when black people move into a community that used to be white only, uh, white people start moving out or when black kids start taking this, their kids to a certain school and, and white parents start taking their kids away from that school and all these things. And 
but even employment, you know, employers not wanting to employ black people, these issues are always uh, looked as looked at from uh, a racial point of view. You know, it's considered racism and racist and, and all these things. But to me, I think the root causes of those issues uh, is is how the different races bring up children. Um, so white people are almost it's almost instinctive in them to want to protect their way of life, the way they, they do things. Uh, and, and, and mixing with other races, uh, they see that instinctively, probably without even knowing subconsciously, they see it as a threat. And so they try to, you know, to protect themselves from that. And I think you know, we, need to, we need to look at that. We don't just need to call everything racism and everything. It's not about skin color. It's not, it's, this has got nothing to do with skin color. This is about how people are raising their children because that affects everything else in life. Well, well let's talk about, because I, I can hear somebody's ears buzzing. And when you talk about inventors by race, you also have to put in that you know, even the inventions that we're we're loving, that there's many parts to things and that inventions, you know, at least here in America, and I'm sure it's the same in Europe, um, were stolen because certain, especially Black folk, we'll, we'll stick on that, could not make a patent or they tried. So certain things were stolen. You know, um, Thomas Edison really didn't do the light bulb like we, we think he did, but there's research, there's books, there's facts. So, you know, we know that the United States is very inventive. We know Germany, we know Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, and those three are Asian and, and they, they hold the top, right? But uh, America is a, a social experiment. But what about what would you tell people because of, again, the racism and the bias, even women have had inventions stolen from them and men say, oh no, I invented that. White men have, so, you know, have taken from white women. So can you just address that? Because I don't, I don't need the, the letters. You can send all the letters to Moses because you guys can do your own research. And Moses, again, is telling his, his feelings. And if you guys have ever been in therapy, you know, people are entitled to their feelings. The facts are the facts, though. So talk about this stolen inventions and how much more Black folk and others may have had credit for if um, it wasn't taken from them due to, you know, the times at that time. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've had those stories all my life, you know, about how white people took away black people's things and claimed it to be theirs, you know, um, and some of it is true. In fact, most of it is true. Um, but why haven't we? Why haven't we ever been able to use uh, that stuff that we create to uh, to create impact in our communities, to change our lives, to to contribute? Why does someone have to come from outside and steal your idea and go and do something uh, big with it? Why were you not able to do something with your idea? So people are capable of coming up with ideas. You know, people are able are capable of creating things, but it's it's what it takes to take that simple idea and to create the kind of environment that allows people to take their small ideas and turn them into something big, something that has impact, something that changes uh, uh, the quality of, of of life for for everyone. 
um, I, I still feel strongly. So I'll, 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 I'll digress here a little bit and, and, and focus on this issue of um, there's this big debate going on between the US and China at the moment uh, of, um, of our chips, silicon chips. I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, debate, you know, and, mm. and, 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 and Biden, uh, President Biden in the US uh, is, you know, he's created all these uh, new laws to protect American intellectual uh, property from um, being exported to China and being used against America. So Ch China is competing with America on that front, but using American knowledge. All this originated from America. Some of it went to China and China is using it to compete with America, which is good, but it originates from America. Why? Why can't China originate it themselves? It's because of the way Americans are bringing up their children. It's because of the way Europeans are bringing up their children. Um, so if you look at Western Europe, for example, it's a very, very small part of, you know, proportion in terms of proportions to the rest of the world. It's a very, very small part of the world, very, very little uh, area of the world. But the influence that Western Europe has had to the rest of the world is huge, you know, including in America. Why? There is something about how their ancestors figured uh, how, about how to bring up children. And that, that's what makes the difference. That, that's what makes them influence the rest of the world. So some, some white people have realized that they possess that because of how they've been brought up, uh, that they possess a kind of advantage of others. And they've decided to use it uh, to take advantage of others, you know, um, and, and that's what everybody keeps talking about, you know, people came and took advantage of, of others, but most of them didn't, you know, most of them are good people. So we end up tarnishing an entire race uh, just because of the bad, you know, the actions of a few people who decided to take advantage of uh, the fact that they felt they had an advantage of others. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, what I'm what I'm saying is, it all the root cause of all this. What it comes down to is how children are brought up. How children are brought up, very important. Mm -hmm. And all of us can only be really responsible for our own actions. But I'll answer the question that you had. You know why? Um, you know Africa right now, Congo. I believe it was just discovered the electric rocks. I believe those things have been there, but cameras now have gotten on them. Right? I call that the the vibranium, because um, you know I tell people vibranium is is real in Africa, but I'm not going to tell you where it's at because it, it's too soon. You're not ready for it. But colonization and imperialism, which Britain did the best job of it, but also working with other countries nearby, same way the West and, you know, all the UN work to keep the so-called third world down. Um, you can have something, but does it make it right if you come and you take it? Or if your kids then don't fix the system that you broke. So if you and I go into Kenya and we start telling the Maasai, you know, we start even speaking Maasai, right? And we then get the Maasai to be um, working for us and we are taking advantage of them because we have them working, doing some stuff. And then our kids benefit. 
the sin is really on us, but the scriptures tell us too, it'll be on the kids and the kids' kids. So for white people to have their hands fully clean, and there's many of them that don't like the past, do not uh, participate in the things of the past, have given up fortunes and plantations and even changed their name because they don't want to be connected to the past, but you have benefited from the past with the systems that are created. And and I and it's personal to me because I bring African-Americans and Europeans, black mostly, to Africa. And I tell them, don't come over here like some colonizers. Pay people proper wages because you can afford to do it. Just because somebody would do it for you know a low amount, you should have some type of benefit. Get the person out of the hot sun who's making that thing for you. Get them out of, you know, not having um, the load shedding and all that, but don't. But you got to be in tune with the people and want to be a good person. So for white folks who are benefiting from that, or for Black Americans who are benefiting, because so many are going to Africa now and saying, "Wow, I was a fish out of water there. Now I'm I'm home." They have to make it right for whatever wrongs the past were just because you're a good person or you want to be a good person. So I think that's where the issue comes. And that's something politicians will never talk about, you know, saying, hey, look, black folk couldn't even go to school. So guess what? We're going to allow them to go to school and be tax free to at least try to make some of these wrongs. You know, the reparations talk, things get lost in this because white folks who've done nothing wrong, who've been poor their whole lives are like, I don't want to pay reparations. But you have to understand that your father's father's father could have got this land that you're on for free, at least here in America, they were giving free land um, to, to folks. So that's where the conversation gets kind of, people don't want to go into that. So I get it, because I don't blame white people for all the problems. But there are some things that they benefited from. What would you say to that? and how to make things right, because you know there's some genius people in Africa, in Kenya, but they've never yeah. gotten a chance because they were poor. Yeah, um, I mean, some of the smartest people I know uh, are people I grew up with and went to school with. You know, I, I consider them the smartest people I, I've ever known, you know? But then when I look at what they've done with their lives up until now, it just confirms my my thinking, you know, because as 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 brilliant as they were when they when we were growing up, um, they they're not going to contribute, and and you know the, the contribution that they're making to humanity uh, is compared to what the contribution that uh, white people are making, it, it, you know, it's 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 almost negligent, you know, and going back to the issue of um, People, people keep saying, you know, why is Africa the richest continent in terms of, um, you know, natural resources? And why is it the poorest continent? Again, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with what people who've come from outside have done. It's got to do with what we Africans, the people on the continent have done. It's not what others have done, it's what we've done, what we've done to our children, uh, which takes away our ability to, to grow up and be able to take advantage of those resources are for ourselves, you know. So others come along, see us just uh, sitting around and not taking advantage of those resources and decided to take advantage of them. Why? Because of the way they've been raised, you know. 
So some of them, some of them go about it the wrong way, and you know, and do it and do bad things in the process. Uh, but what the what drives that is what it comes down to the way different groups of people have have brought up their children. Those who are coming from outside to take advantage of what we have is because of the way they've been brought up. That's why they are able to do that. The reason we are not able to take advantage of it ourselves is because of the way we've been brought up. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense, but let's not dance around the issue. A lot of what um, a lot of African countries' problems are, and we have similar in the U.S., it's just the system and how things, you know, this so-called new world we're in um, is, you know, the systems work, and they work really well in the U.K. as well. But the politicians who... To me, if you're over 75, you don't need to be able to run. You need to go enjoy your grandchildren. There's no reason we should have these old politicians who don't understand what the new, the newer world's going to be running stuff. And a lot of African politicians are on the take. A lot of them have been put in. If we read books like, you know, the... Um, confessions of an economic hitman we hear where countries globally have tried to you know become free do well and uh the west has had something to do with assassinating or collapsing their economy intentionally you know and so th those things we have to talk about because you can have even a good leader with good intentions but the west will come in Qaddafi maybe was the last one people remember, but there's been so many others that, you know, unless you're an African or study the history, you don't know. And so a, a lot of military, you know, issues, CIA, um, and, you know, whatever globally goes on, there's been a lot of nonsense that's happened to stop the progress of Africa. And, and that's why when they say, China and Russia are bad. I say, well, they helped South Africa during the apartheid time. When you go to Robbins Island, you'll see it. So I don't believe you, history books or news media, because you're not fighting for, you know, my tribe. And my tribe is not just Black. My tribe is people who think like me, who want that better world for their children's children, because life shouldn't really be this complicated if you think about it. Does that, does that make sense? It does. Uh, I agree with you, you know, but I think, you know, the, the, the points where we probably don't agree is, to me, all these things you, you're pointing to, uh, you know, it's true that there is interference from, you know, the West and China in African affairs. Um, they come to Africa to look for, uh, for after their interests, you know, they, they don't come to Africa to look after Africa's interests. They come to Africa to look after their interests. So it's for us as Africans, as black people, to look after our own interests. And we are not able to do that. In fact, I will be as, uh, as bold as to say, we are incapable of doing that, of looking after our interests because of the way we are brought up. It interferes with our ability to be able to do that. You know, So you'll, you'll have black kids going to school and getting you know, top grades, beating everyone. Later on in life, you look at them, they don't contribute anything to humanity, you know? So there's so much focus on, uh, you know, kids going to school and getting top grades, which is important, but that is not gonna solve the problem. The root cause of the problem is what you're doing to your child as they grow up. It's how you're bringing them up. It's, how it, it's your ability to not 
you know, you know, it's your lack of ability to nurture that child. You can you can raise a child, you can bring up a child, but nurturing a child takes another level of skill, which I feel is what distinguishes uh, Western Europe, especially, and the rest of the world. It's the reason why Western Europe has had so much influence over the rest of the world, because their ancestors figured out how to nurture children. Without nurturing children, it's the reason why the Chinese have to come and steal American technology uh, and go and, you know, credit to them, they go and do so much with it to the point where they're competing with America. But if America turns off, you know, cuts them off from accessing their, their, their technology, they won't be able to do anything because the, the way they can't do what Americans can do. Why? It's, not, it's got nothing to do with skin color. It's how Americans bring up children. It's how white people bring up children. It's how Western Europeans figured out a long time ago how to bring up children. And, and let me let me clarify, because I don't disagree with you with the, the China thing. China helped, you know, South Africa, but China is not there to be anybody's daddy. Every country's there for their own interests, no matter who, you know, um, like uh, uh, Dr. John Henry Clark talks about black people have no friends. But now the remix on that could be we do have family since some of us have, you know, mixed blood and some of us even like you have found that opposites attract or being on the other side of the world. So your your woman, um, whether she's your wife or you know just your, your your partner, however that goes, that she's family to you and she's in your tribe. So it's we don't we don't need friends. We need people who want to work and think like us. And it's, if in my perfect world, Moses, I would say, how does everybody think? Let's make a, a survey. Okay, you guys think like that. You don't think. We all could get along. You guys get your portion over here. You guys think everyone can blend and this is who you want to deal with. You get your portion over here. And um, we would just live in harmony because some people only know what they know for the same reasons, the way you and I feel, you know, about how, how we are. Now, let me ask you in the healing process in this campaign, I kind of see it as, you know, it's part of your healing, like you have for mentioned, um, what is a community give back inside of this campaign that you are doing or that you would like to do for the community? Um, it's, it's, it's something where I think there's even more. And, and I think this whole campaign could be a give back, but just give us any more details of how you, I don't know if you're gonna do events, concerts to push this, but what's your community give back to the community? Um, I think for me, it's, creating a campaign around um, the issue of how uh, different races bring up children and appreciating uh, the impact that has on uh, race relations, you know? Uh, there's so much blame on, uh, on white people being racist. And I feel it's, all that's got to do is with is white people are trying to protect their way, you know, of bringing up children, um, which uh, should be, um, I think, should be encouraged. Uh, it's not something that we should be condemning. It's, but it's just, it's just that you know, because some of them go about it the wrong way uh, and think that they can, you know, abuse others and, and, and do nasty things to other people, you know, in, in trying to, to to protect their way. Um, but I think 
if we start having a more open conversation about this, then even those white people who feel they have to be nasty you know, towards others without even realizing that it's, it's because they, they feel the, the need, an instinctive need to protect their own or their way of life. Um, I feel like those people are like that because the, so far there has been no uh, platform, there's been no open discussion about those issues. So if we bring this out into the open, even those uh, people who are nasty to others because of uh, you know whatever reason, and people tend to, to to bring it down to skin color and and race, which I think is not it's not about race, it's not about skin color, it's about how children are being brought up in different communities. So if we have an open conversation about that, then it allows someone who might be doing that without realizing they're trying to protect their own way of life, you know, um, and, 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 and being open and saying they have their right to do that. Everybody has their right to do, to, do, to do that. And we shouldn't be condemning white people for wanting to protect their way of life. You know, it's, it's very important. Well, I think the way of life of, you know, different cultures, because the way of life of someone in London and the different life of somebody in um, Ireland, you know, that could be a fight right there at the bar, at the pub. Um, and so it, it's it's how you how you see it, what, what you're, you're where you're coming from. I don't know if you've been able to catch this show. It's on Hulu here in America, but you guys might have had it first for all I know. It's called The Parent Test. I'm going to send it to your LinkedIn. And if, have you seen it? I haven't. Uh, please send it to me. Uh, yes, it's amazing because, and I don't get paid, you guys, they haven't sent me a check yet. I'm just a spectator <laughs> like the rest of us. But uh, being a PR guy and a consultant, you know, and do, doing TV, people, you know, they sometimes, I got to let that be known. But what it shows are the different styles of parenting from free range, which I'm like, what does that mean? Natural, what does that mean? Helicopter parents, um, strict, and they had every race, they have same-sex couples, they have, you know, they have single parents. Um, and it's amazing to see how at the end of the day, how parenting can be similar and different, depending, you could be on two sides of the different playing field. And a lot, I mean, there's even a couple, one was raised Jewish, the husband, I think, the other one was a Muslim, the, the mother, and they are like totally no, no religion no religion can take over because they feel they were abused the same way that the Mormon couple, they felt they were abused and like, we're going to be free range and let our people do what we need to do. Cause if you know anything about Mormons, you know, they too have their own abuse. If you know anything about Asians, you know, especially the Chinese, Japanese, um, their people might be successful in jobs. Ask them if they're depressed. Ask them if they're on Zoloft or whatever things. They sometimes hate their parents, but you'd again have to have those relationships to speak on it. And you'd have to have an open ear, open heart. I see you, Moses. This is a TV show. This is a YouTube channel that you have where you bring people on. You know, it might get people flustered, but if they hear you out, I think people will say, let's talk about these things, you know, um, because you yourself might e evolve and say, you know what, what I thought was true. Hold on. I had these crazy Americans over here and these people, uh -uh, they're violent, no matter white, black in between, they're ready to fight. 
<laughs> beat their children. I, you know, we're a different blend over here. When you come over here, I'll show you. But I dealt with, I say it because I've dealt with, again, working with um, child protective services, working with kids in psych hospitals. I have had to because it was my job as a supervisor of a program to give a five-year-old lithium because that's what they do at the um, mental hospital that I was working at. And it's and this child just happened to be white. And I said, this child, what hope does he have? You know, this child, this white child, and it didn't matter to me, he had to be in a room pretty much by himself for the majority of the day because of his past at five years old. He can't have a roommate because of the sexual abuse that he he had. He, he, he can barely function and talk to the other kids because the system is to keep him separate because he might throw some, you know, some feces at you or he might, you know, be ready to fight. He's five years old. I rarely had a problem with this child. And so it's, it's bigger than race. Um, it's really the systems. It's really yeah, the system. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with you. And I, I appreciate the fact that um, not all white people are perfect. You know, uh, like you were saying earlier, there's a lot of white people who've been brought up in homes uh, where, you know, there was a lot of dysfunction, uh, toxic environments, you know. Um, but I'm just saying the majority the majority of white people in my experience, um, there's a certain way that, you know, uh, most white people bring up their children, uh, which, which, which makes the difference. And, and when I'm talking about uh, bringing up children or nurturing children, um, there's, there's no two ways for human beings to nurture children. And this is irrespective of uh, culture, irrespective of religion, irrespective of gender, irrespective of anything else, no matter what you believe, no matter what your culture is, no matter what language you speak, no matter what you believe, there should be only one way a human being can nurture a child, you know? That doesn't change uh, because of any other factor. And this is, this, is, uh, this is the conversation that I'm hoping to, I can, you know, I can start because we, we need to focus on that, you know? Um, so you, 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 you talked about how all these different groups of people bring up children. And I'll tell you, uh, unless those children have, have been nurtured, no matter who's bringing them up, whether in China or whether it's gays, or, it, it doesn't matter. If, they, if, the, if that child gets nurtured, nothing else matters. That child will grow up and be able to express their inner uh, their the, the inner being, you know, what they came here with, uh, in a way that they, they can't unless they've been nurtured. So there, there is, this is not, um, there's no two ways about it. Uh, most human beings on this planet have not been nurtured. Um, they, they've not been abused, they've been raised, you know, in happy families and they're, they're, they're okay. But their ability to be able to express their inner, you know, their inner gifts has been compromised because they've not been nurtured and they don't know that. So they can go and do a job very well, better than anybody else, but they can't create that job. You know, they can come and do it better than anybody else. They can't create it, you know? So I see, I see in America, for example, uh, a lot of um, black, uh, artists uh, and sports people uh, complaining about 
uh, white people taking advantage of them and their talents, you know. And I'm thinking if white people did not create that environment that allows these black people to come and express their gifts, whether it's music, whether it's sports, they wouldn't be able to do to you know to to to, to do that. They're, the reason they're able to come and express it is because someone has created an environment here that allows them to come and do it. For you to be able to create that kind of environment, you have to be nurtured. And that's why it's white people who create those environments and black people come and you know, uh, use those, those environments and those platforms to express themselves, which is good. But complaining that, that you know, saying that white people are, you know, uh, are, 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 are trying to keep you away from 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 those things is wrong. You know, it's not right because without white people, those things wouldn't exist in the past in the first place. Those platforms, those environments that where you can come and express yourself, wouldn't exist. It takes something to create that, something that only children who've been nurtured have can do. The rest of us can come and take advantage of it and live very successful lives doing that, but we can't create it. Yeah, well, you know what? What was interesting, and a lot you you might have heard this about American history, that you know we had the Negro leagues. If we're just using baseball as an example, and you know Negro leagues is where Jackie Robinson and others came from. But as soon as integration came, um, it opened up a lot of opportunities for all people, and it opened up um, you know you can get your best talent because we look at athletes globally <laughs> in most sports. Um, if you know in the top ones especially it's all black you know france didn't win anything africa won that you know <laughs> it, it, so 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 it, it's interesting but it depending on what side of the fence you're on and if you like integration or if you don't um, you know, Ice Cube has created his own basketball league, and it could have been easy for someone like a LeBron to say, you know what, I'm going to go play with Ice Cube and make this league the best league. But LeBron has his own purpose and his own lane, and he should, it has free will. So just because he's black doesn't mean I have to go play over there. But if more players did do that, our, our historical black colleges that you know, I've been in the news recently because of Deion Sanders' prime time helping bring some highlight to it. I went to an HBCU. My wife is from Cameroon. She went to an HBCU. I love HBCUs. And we know the good, the bad, and the ugly. But the nurturing that you get at an HBCU, because I've also gone to a um, predominantly white institution as well, is so much different because you, you, people, you need a book. Here's a book, <laughs> you know, $300, $500 book we can share where at the PWIs, everybody, um, even white folks, everyone just buys their own book because th that community side isn't really there where we had to share. A lot of us, some of us have, you know, like me, have over 100 cousins. We're used to sharing and big families, white folks, traditionally, unless they're Mormons, they don't have that you know, and we, we have that. So it's, we're fish out of water in the West. Sometimes we adopt the other ways you take what, you know, I've heard it preached by a white pastor. First, <laughs> you take what you can, you, you know, you take the meat, spit out the bone type thing. So I think we all need each other to have a progressive world because we haven't even tapped in how Asians, Miles Monroe preached on this many a times, 
when they go somewhere and many immigrants, they don't go look for a job. They go create a business. We need that. In America, we need Mexicans. We need uh, Hispanic labor, you know, and they don't just stay labor. They go and create their own businesses and we'll see what happens in the next 20 years, right? When Americans are running over to Mexico, that same wall Trump built, uh, my Irish twin, by the way, Trump is, that same wall they built, Americans might be trying to jump over that saying, ah, viva la Mexico, let me in, you know, uh-uh, and Mexicans, no, 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 but again, this is God's plan at the end of the day, we're just good ponds and grains of sand in it, let the people know, again, and I'll put the description, where they can find more information, so when you do put that book, or they want to book you for speaking engagements, where they can find you. Um, the best place to find me is on my uh, Facebook uh, page for the campaign. Uh, you can send me a message via WhatsApp or via Facebook Messenger from that page. Um, and also you can get my contact details on that page if you want to get in touch. Uh, but just to say something about uh, an example you gave earlier uh, about LeBron James and, and uh, Ice Cube. I mean, it's it's good that Ice Cube has set up his own basketball league, but I'm talking about the original creator of the idea of the basketball league, you know? So it's, it's, it's easy for someone else to come later and, and go and create something similar to that. But it's not, it's not easy, it's not possible. If you've not been nurtured well, you're not capable of coming up with that original idea, you know? And, and LeBron James, you know, uh, he's expressing his, his gift uh, like all the others, uh, other basketballers because someone has created that environment where he, he can come and do that, you know, which is good, which benefits all humanity. But we need people who are able to create those kind of opportunities, those kind of environments, those kind of platforms where, you know, the rest of humanity can come and express their gifts and talents. You know, and to be able to create those and to be able to solve even problems uh, like poverty, it requires, um, it, will, it will take people that have been nurtured to be able to, to, to solve those problems or, or to create this kind of opportunities. Yeah, we are, but we have to remember basketball, and this might be controversial, um, you know, wasn't, it was created by Native Americans. You know, they have a similar game and it was taken. So it's like one thing begets another. So the chicken or the egg, because they, know, you know, I'm, they, not, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about the game itself. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, I'm talking about the environment where people can come and use and express themselves in, in, using that game and be successful. You know? Yeah. I, I have to say, because for my native, my native American folks, they'll, they'll say, and I have a little bit of that blood in me. Um, they'll say, well, they took it from us and we had our own things going on. It may not have looked like the NBA to you, but it looked it, to us in our culture, this is what it is. And it might still be in practice. That's why I say that. That's why oh, I get you're, caught you're, up. Yeah. You're making, you're making my point for me. And this is exactly mm -hmm. what I mean. You know, the fact that others have come and taken, you know, what they had created originally and been, mm -hmm. uh, and been able to do so much more with it, you know, so probably if they if they hadn't taken it, the idea and went and did what they did with it, we wouldn't have the NBA. We wouldn't have this platform where people like LeBron James and others can come and express their gifts. 
you know, inside. Yeah, I wanted to make it clear, though, because that's not an anti-white thing. That's just, you know, let's give homage. And what will happen, and, and please respond to this, what will happen is somebody will say, but you know, the Native Americans actually came from the uh, Maui Maui tribe or this and that in Africa. And then it's like, okay, we're going back to the beginning. And we know Africa is the beginning of all humankind, all mankind, as far as we know right now. So, um, you know, so what would you say to that? Because then it just, everything goes back to Africa. No, it's, uh, it, I appreciate, you know, I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. uh, I don't disagree with, uh, you know, all those theories about uh, things coming, you know, things coming from Africa or everyone coming from Africa. Uh, my point is your ability as a, as a human being to be able to tap into your gifts, into your, you know, what you came here with and create the kind of you know opportunities and platforms that we see west you know white people creating uh, for themselves and for others to express themselves and then to to be able to be so successful doing that that takes something else you know you can have the idea and we've seen this and you know we complain about it and and rightly so you know white people have gone around the world and taken other people's ideas but it's it's why they've been able to do so much with other people's ideas, you know, that those people could not do it, uh, couldn't couldn't do themselves. It's the same concept around why Africa is so is so rich in terms of natural resources, and they're not able to to use it to, to you know to 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 prosper as, as a people, and people coming from outside and taking it and prospering with it, you know. Um, it's the, it's the same it's the same uh, it's the same mentality it all comes down to how you've been brought up how you've been nurtured um that, that's 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 what i'm trying to say gotcha well i will keep saying what you need to say keep healing the way you need to heal when the book comes out or it's ready because that book TV show whatever you choose to do i mean you could easily find some people right now in the uk and and do it virtually how however right I could see that being a YouTube channel that gets some people flustered, but it also could be part of the journey. So I thank you for coming on. And if you guys listen to the very end, I thank you guys for listening to the very end. And if you watched to the very end, hey, thank you. We do have a face for TV, both Moses and I. So that's all good. Make sure you look in the description box, you click it. And if you do nothing else, Make sure you share this with somebody. It will change their life. You guys, be blessed. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth 1,000 South African Rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, 
always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Hey,